0: As a little sneak peek, you're actually going to hear a really cool tool that we talk about toward the end of this podcast. So please listen through because you're going to get a lot more detail on it. However, I just want to tell you real quick about this tool called Lyric. Now, it's new to my world. I'm pretty sure it's pretty new in the marketplace. And it's not like anything I've seen. So we've done a massage gun episode. You can go back and listen to that one. However, this tool actually has technology placed within it so that you feel you see a screen that you can actually scroll through to control it and help guide you so if you are feeling just generalized stress tension it's going to guide you into different techniques that you can do and they don't take much time at all i've definitely used it for those purposes and the best part about this with even the technology attached to it the bluetooth It doesn't cost what the other massage guns out there cost. And there's still different heads that you can use. There's an attachment actually so that it makes it a lot longer and you can use it on your back. Like it is incredible. I highly recommend this lyric. It is just beautiful. And I hope that you go check it out. We're going to link it up below, but stay tuned to listen to more of why we talk about it in the episode and when it becomes like important. All right, we're going to talk about doms, but of course, oh my, here we go right away. (laughs)
1: Tips for Doms from Dr. Dom. That's my motto for this episode.
0: Or we're talking not about him, but about delayed onset muscle soreness, which who out there has felt that before?
1: Details.
0: (laughs) And we're going to talk about why it happens, the difference between this and actual pain that it's like, maybe I should be concerned rather than it's just sore.
1: Maybe I did something here.
0: Yeah. And then we're going to talk about what you can do, even if it is just that soreness.
1: Yeah. So that delayed onset muscle soreness or what a lot of y'all might feel after you do exercise, especially if you haven't been exercising in a while, or suddenly you're like, you know, I normally run, but today I'm going to go do CrossFit or lift weights. And then the next day you wake up and you're like, what the heck have I, have I done? Like, oh, G bus, help me. Um, And it's that soreness that comes up whenever you do exercise that is outside the norm for you or is at a much higher intensity than you usually do. And it's called delayed onset muscle soreness. And that's a completely normal process.
0: Yeah. So it literally does mean that there has been some temporary muscle damage and some inflammation, but this isn't bad. Again,
1: normal process.
0: Yes, this is going to happen. It's kind of
1: what we're looking for sometimes.
0: And it usually starts a day after you do the exercise. You might feel great, maybe a little bit of tiredness, you know, after you do a heavy workout that you haven't done in a while or something new. However, it really starts to peak... Like you'll feel it the next day, but it really starts to peak like 48 hours is usually the sweet spot of can't sit down on the toilet, can't walk down the stairs, (laughs) you know, that kind of thing.
1: And of course, you'll generally feel it in the areas that you worked. If you did a lot of bench press and you haven't done something like that in a while, you'll probably feel it mostly in your chest or in your shoulders. Or if you were maybe doing it with your accessory muscles up in your neck and upper traps a little bit more, which, again, that can always be a sign to... Where was I stressing my body the most versus Mm -hmm. if you were running, probably feeling in your hips, your feet, your ankles, quads, things like that.
0: And I do want to just point out because I know sometimes if you've done something especially heavier and you haven't been doing it often or it's new to the body still you might have areas that are really tight that kick on in the muscle contraction a little bit sooner or first. And so sometimes you'll do squats and then the next day be like, why are my inner thighs sore, Mm. right? I'm supposed to, I thought I'm supposed to do glutes and thighs and, you know, all that stuff, but inner thighs are included in the stability of the pelvis. And so sometimes a muscle that's either weaker or tighter might start to feel it a little bit sooner. So it's not necessarily bad or scary. If you feel something yeah. that you're like, I didn't directly work that, I thought.
1: Especially if it's like a certain variation, like a wider base squat that you're not used to, or a sumo style squat or deadlift, mm-hmm. like you'll probably feel a little more in the the inner thigh there. And so how do we know if this is good or bad or indifferent? Or again, why does it happen? And I think the why a lot lands in what's happening at the muscle fiber level when we're doing different exercise. You don't even have to be doing resistance exercise or lifting weights. It just has to be a lot more intense or a lot higher intensity than you're used to because we get what we call micro damage. And I don't want that to sound like a bad term because this is just where the muscle fibers, they're working really hard and we get all these little micro tears or this micro damage that our body then repairs. And that... DOMS or that uh, delayed muscle soreness is kind of our body's process of, okay, we're building in all the building, like we're bringing in all the building blocks, we're building back up those tissues so that next time we do that exercise, it might not be as tough Mm -hmm. or we might not get as sore because the muscles have now rebuilt in a way that they're more ready for that.
0: Exactly. And there are certain types of exercise that we do that might elicit this response a little bit more. So there's two Two primary types of muscle contractions that we tend to to think of when we're working out, especially lifting weights. The concentrics with the lifting portion of something, I'm lifting the weight, I'm making my muscle shorter. And then the lengthening portion, so the letting go of that muscle, or you're hanging on a bar and you're slowly letting your body out, or you're doing a deadlift and you're slowly letting the weight down. So something that's going with gravity, lengthening the muscle that's working, that is your eccentric control. And Hmm. now this, a lot of times, is a lot harder. <laughs> so especially if we're thinking, okay, pull yourself up on a bar and then try to lower yourself really slowly, right? That's that's really hard. And What it's doing in that eccentric phase is actually using a lot fewer motor units, but it is distributed in a smaller area. So mm-hmm. that can cause some tissue damage, but also not only that, relate a little bit more to the DOMS that you feel that delayed onset muscle soreness.
1: Yeah, our muscles can take slightly more force or more weight mm-hmm. for the same amount of muscles working. So that's where we get slightly more of that little micro damage when we're doing this eccentric. And that's I think what a lot of people think of they think of the biceps either flexing and shortening where you get the big biceps bulge versus yeah. lengthening out and and straightening out. That's the eccentric phase. So, I mean, just just grab something and do 10 eccentric bicep curls on one arm. You'll be so tired. And you can probably feel it. You might even feel it the next day. Yeah. You know, I, I I love doing eccentric pull-ups because it's a great like progression where you can probably slow yourself down even before you can pull yourself up. Actually, oh, yeah. you definitely can because yeah. it's, it's science. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the one that I honestly feel, and it's always so embarrassing, but not embarrassing because it happens, but when I do my wrist warm-up, almost mm. every time because I go really controlled on the way down and I focus on that eccentric lengthening, and every time the next day, my, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, my forearms are so sore from my wrist mobility."
1: <laughs> but also, those eccentric wrist exercises super great if you're having wrist pain yeah. during pushups, handstands, like you do anything. So, even within that, those are a lot of great things you can do to like work certain areas, yeah. like with your wrist mobility or pull ups, deadlifts, things like that, just to to prime a little bit, which we talked about in the last episode, actually, with warm ups and cool downs. If you haven't haven't listened to that one, go check it out.
0: But other things that can also play a role in getting this delayed onset muscle soreness is definitely we have to take in our entire environment. And so it's not just exercise, but it's also, are you getting enough sleep? Are you getting enough good nutrients within your diet? Are you hydrating yourself? Are you, you know, do you have other stressors that are happening within your life that can contribute to the lack of recovery in your system? So that can definitely play a role in having this, this delayed onset muscle soreness and like the kind of peak of it.
1: And a lot of the times you might just perceive it as pain, more or less just because there's that inflammation in the area. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's our nervous system. Our nerves are always kind of sensing this kind of stuff. And you may have even done a, a workout before and felt like a certain area is swollen. Yeah, Like, wow, this is swollen. And, and to some extent, it is. There are a lot of different chemical receptors and different building blocks essentially going to that area and being like <laughs> the chemical receptors are like, okay, what the heck's going on here? And then the building blocks are coming in to... Build it back up. I don't know if anyone's ever seen Osmosis Jones, but that's how I always oh. that's how I always viewed what was going on in the body, like little <laughs> little cells that were people like, oh, we gotta go rebuild those muscles. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. This was what I was thinking of literally in my PT courses, and that's how Fair. my brain works. So I think I might be I'm probably not alone, but one of probably few in have. my PT class that would imagine our physiology lessons that way.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, a lot of times we, we look at that pain as like, oh, it's the brain interpreting some of these signals that are being released from the muscle as, you know, some damage to the nerve. And it's not, you know, we're not damaging anything. However, the brain will still kind of perceive this as new stimulus. I'm, I'm getting used to this. I haven't felt this before. It's mm-hmm. scary. And so there could be, and, and pain is our protective mechanism. It's our defense mechanism for our body to say, oh, I need to protect it. So I've never felt this before. And so I'm going to tell you that there's a little bit of pain. Be careful when you're doing some movements.
1: Which is where like people will ask when they get DOMs, like, oh, is this bad? Should I stop working out? Like, we're going to get into like how you might reduce or, you know, speed up the delayed onset muscle soreness process or that healing and recovery process. But no, like you said, it's a signal. So Mm -hmm. it probably means don't go and do the same exact exercise routine today. Yeah. Right. That that would probably be a bad idea because then you're just kind of piling more of that micro damage and inflammation on top of itself before your body has had a chance to recover fully.
0: Yeah. So basically, how do you tell the difference then if you know it is a pain that I'm like, "Oh, I should not do this ever again." Mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's a pain as, "Oh, it's just a type of DOMS. It's a it's a muscle soreness and this is normal." So how do we tell the difference between that?
1: Yeah, and I think I mean we mentioned 48 hours like 48 hours isn't a hard and fast rule. Like no. I've had soreness that has lasted much longer than that. A week. Especially, uh, yeah, a week, especially when I've done something that is just way outside my norm.
0: Oh, like lifting with Don Saladino like and Like lifting going.
1: with Don Saladino, that jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was motivated to try and follow oh and keep God. up with him for some reason. But my biceps were sore for like a year and a half. <laughs> okay. If you've ever seen that guy's biceps. I mean, come on. <laughs> but if that pain, if that soreness that you're feeling, if you go back and do some sort of movement, like, I don't know, just active mobility in the, within that range, it shouldn't significantly get worse <laughs> as you're doing it. But if if you suddenly did squats and you're feeling a lot of of that doms in your adductors on the inside of your thighs or your glutes, and you start doing a few squats, but it turns into something that's sharp or stabbing mm-hmm. or radiating pain, that's going to be something that Should be a lot little a little more concerning and like okay what's going on here? That might not be your traditional DOMS.
0: Yeah, I think that's really what we're looking for. Is it is it sharp? Is it pinchy? Is it painful in a certain movement? Mm -hmm. Right. If it's just a general like dual ache, that kind of like ooh when I squat my legs burn (laughs) or it feels like they're going to give out. That's probably more of a soreness and. Granted, like even in physical therapy, I've had clients who come back in and they're like, I almost called the ER the next day because I've never (laughs) felt this in my body before. Because sometimes they come into therapy not expecting to do a workout type thing, you know, eccentric movements, loading Mm -hmm. the muscle in a different way. And all of a sudden you feel something remarkable the next day that doesn't always feel great. (laughs) Right. And so it's, but however, it will, like Dom said, it should get better. Yeah, And if if you're not noticing it getting better, if it's continuing to ache, if it's continuing, you know, a week or two to be in the same exact spot, especially after the same movements, or it feels pinchy or sharp or radiating, like those are signals that like, okay, go see a physical therapist then.
1: Yeah. And throughout the day, if it's getting worse and worse, the more you're moving Mm -hmm. rather than seeming like it loosens up or something, Mm -hmm. you know, as we get fluids moving throughout the day, and this is kind of what we're going to transition into talking to, that's how we start to break up some of that stagnance and all of that fluid or all of those you know, messengers and building blocks that have piled up in one area overnight, like while we're sleeping, or if you're driving in the car, or after you get done with your workout, some people are like, man, I didn't feel it until I drove home, you know, the 30 minutes or whatever, and then I tried getting out of my car, <laughs> and you struggle to stand up out of your car because that stagnance and your legs sitting down in that dependent position with gravity, pulling all those fluids into your legs... Like we got to get those fluids moving and that might help break up some of that soreness, not break anything up, but get that fluid moving and help us feel a little less sore.
0: Totally. Now we're, we'll transition into the management of DOMS and that, incre- that intense soreness that you feel like, what do you do, right? There's so many things that we can Google and look at and say, oh, that's what we should do. We looked into a little bit more of the science and some of the studies that are currently out. Obviously, this can continue to change. However, what we know to be true is exactly that. We want fluids to move. So how are some of the things that we can do that? Well, if we want things to move, passively sitting there might not be the best thing. So complete rest, maybe not. Mm -hmm. Stretching, maybe not. (laughs) Static stretching.
1: Yeah, just sitting there in a static stretch. No.
0: Yeah. So what are some of the things?
1: Well, I think to cover our bases, we need to talk about anything that's going to address your general inflammation in the first place. So making sure after you do these workouts, get a great night's sleep. Yes. Make sure that you're drinking plenty of water because you probably put off a lot of water and your body needs a lot of water to do all of this rebuilding to make sure you get great water intake. You eat a nice nutritious meal so you have the building blocks and you're not clogging it up with a bunch of processed junk. Mm. Other anti-inflammatory compounds like cinnamon or curcumin which is a version of turmeric which we have in our genius knee mobility product which if you haven't checked out is great
0: not just for the knee it's a genius mobility supplement
1: (laughs) i didn't say knee did you did (laughs) oh genius Genius mobility (laughs) yeah we also have a knee program that if you're looking for you can check out some knee exercises that'll help out but the genius mobility supplement it's got curcumin it's got some other compounds that are great for inflammation and great for like getting rid of some of those aches and pains but I just wanted to touch on a lot of general things that can help push inflammatory processes along and like speed up that healing process.
0: Totally. Going back to the basics, always, always, Mm -hmm. always before anything fancy, before you buy any tool, like are you doing the basics? So important. How can we get fluids moving then is activity. Now, again, like you said before, that doesn't mean that we're doing the heavy workout that we (laughs) caused the DOMS in the first place. And I know some people like mentally need to work out every day. Okay. And I get that. And I'm similar, not that intense or crazy, but so if you need to do a workout every single day, you just need to then back it off for a couple days at least, and then get back into a heavier workout. So you still, there's still always ways to be able to move that can include walking, that inc- can include like a, a small jog or something that's a little lighter, a light exercise, a lighter lift. Uh, more Pilates, yoga, mobility, that kind of thing, and then getting back into your heavier lift. But moderate, low-intensity exercise is one of the best ways that they've found to really start to move the DOMS process along.
1: Yeah. It's going to get the fluids moving. It's going to give us signals into all those tissues like, okay, you're okay to relax a little bit, Mm -hmm. but still give support through all those ranges. That's where the passive stretching, you're just sitting in one position, and you're actually putting a lot of tension into the tissues that doesn't allow a lot of that fluid flow. And it's not pumping. You know, the great, one of the greatest way to get our lymphatic system moving, which is kind of that garbage dump system of all of the tubes in our body, is movement and muscle pumping. It's going to keep pumping the fluids through our body and out of our body. So that's huge. And then a lot of people like to ask, okay, do I use heat? Do I use cold? What's going to help get rid of this soreness?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, First of all, I would say that we've done podcasts on each of those where we yes. talked not only even about like from an ice pack to a cold body immersion from like the cold plunge. So we talked about that all in the cold um, episode plus the heat episode as well. So we talked all the way from heat packs to infrared saunas, you know, steam sauna, all the kind of things. So I would say go listen to those podcasts because they're going to have a lot more meat in terms of when you should do these um, however, in general, like, uh, if we're talking a cold plunge directly after you're working out, although it might mitigate symptoms that you're feeling because we are just emerging our body in complete cold. So we're kind of like numbing those processes and you might feel like I don't have the delayed onset muscle soreness. I, I mean, they looked at it for up to 90, 96 hours after a workout. However, we're also then kind of impeding along the natural process of inflammation within the body to help bring nutrients and healing and everything else. So it's like, it could be good in terms of reducing symptoms, but it might not be great in terms of getting that full recovery process that we actually need from good, healthy inflammation in the body.
1: Yeah, the overall healing process will literally be frozen. We (laughs) like vasoconstrict, so we stop fluids from flowing Mm -hmm. into our extremities and we make it significantly harder for things to get in and out and so what's your goal is your goal just to get rid of you know get out of pain a little bit maybe some ice can help with that but chronic icing when you're in this inflammatory state is not great and and it might actually press off that healing process a lot longer um a lot of things i mean in the episode that we did on cold and ice a lot of like protocols are taking out ice as much and as soon as you can get into that active mobility instead and just active movement I mean that's usually kind of the recommendations.
0: Yeah, you use ice in a separate protocol and we talk about that in in the um episode. And as far as heat goes, you know, again because we have this inflammation that's happening especially with DOMS when it's so intense of that soreness, you don't you probably don't want to apply heat right away because you're just going to increase that inflammatory process, but it's okay to kind of use heat after you're kind of over that peak stage. So, at least 48 hours, wait, make sure that it's not increasing because it is going to help to just kind of downregulate the body, downregulate the system, create that parasympathetic effect, um, mm-hmm. help to just continue to increase that blood flow and those nutrients and get everything to your body.
1: Yeah. And it's great to. It gives us, it makes us feel safe. Like you said, the parasympathetic effect, it's going to make you feel safe and extend those tissues a little bit. But again, maybe you do that right before you get into some of that active movement, right? Everything is going to, for us, circle around to active movement and how that can be a key component of what you're doing to get rid of this soreness or to accelerate the healing process. Um, A lot of people will say, oh, let's rub it out. Let's use foam rollers. Let's use those massage guns. Like, how can I get rid of that soreness? Again, this is going to probably make it feel like it's helping with your pain Mm -hmm. because there's so many different, again, our brain's going to let off these happy chemicals and say, oh, we're getting rid of this soreness because we're rubbing it out. We're getting rid of the scar tissue, which isn't actually happening. But we have this physiologic response that allows our body to feel a little bit more safe, relax a little bit. So our tissues are always going to relax. And just when you rub your shoulder, like if you bump your knee, you bump your shoulder and you rub it. We have this process called mechanical gating. It's kind of the same thing that happens in cold and hot therapies. Our brain feels the cold, the hot, or the rubbing faster than it does feel the pain. So it more so distracts our mind from, hey, you're not actually feeling pain. You're just feeling somebody rubbing or feeling some something cold or hot.
0: Yeah. And when we looked at the literature, really, I mean, massage is one of the best ways at reducing DOMS because of that fluid movement, that pressure, that and you're getting that perception of reduced pain, like exactly like mm-hmm. you're saying. So it's like, we look at professional athletes, they're continuously getting worked on manually. They're continually, I mean, right? That was like the Tom Brady series. He was like continuously having someone work on his body all the time.
1: Yeah, his trainer's huge in like myofascial stuff and yeah. the tissue, but they they usually do it as an active part of yes. the exercise. And he gets a lot of like the active you know, manual release where he's mm-hmm. moving while his trainer's working on him. So you're getting that tissue loading while you're getting this, you know, active manual therapy of sorts. So yeah. it's combining all of kind of the benefits of you're still loading, you're still pumping the muscles, mm-hmm. you're still getting the benefit of the mechanical gating, and your brain feels happy because someone's working on you. So yeah, the
0: touch, everything, the fluid movement
1: combine it all into one. So yeah. manual therapies actually can be pretty beneficial.
0: And we talk more about foam rolling and massage, or not massage, but uh, the must, the wow.
1: The percussive guns? Yeah.
0: The massage guns. Yes. (laughs) In other episodes as well. So please go back to previous episodes. We've talked about all this stuff so you can learn a lot
1: more. And our favorite new massage gun that we just discovered is called Lyric, yeah. which is pretty amazing.
0: It actually really is. The technology with it is like no other.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's your—it's kind of like any other massage gun, but it has this tech in it where it can give you specific protocols to follow. And you'll just say like, oh, pain, what can I do for some pain? And then it mm-hmm. so there's a lot of education that goes into what it's actually doing on your body and it connects Bluetooth, the tech these days, let me tell you.
0: Yeah. And it's really addressing more of that neuro effective pain. Like how can I use vibration to really start to change the way my brain is perceiving in my body? And they, I think they do a great job at not just like, let's hit the big muscles of what you feel, but let's let's actually address how your body and your system all work together. Kind of almost thinking of like acupuncture, and how how we can stimulate different areas of the body to create a more parasympathetic, relaxed response. And I think that's what I actually enjoyed about the Lyric. Like you'll use it in your hand. You'll use it on your foot in different places where you're like, that's weird, you know, but, but it actually makes it. a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. And then I get done with
1: it and my back pain's gone, but yeah. the Lyric didn't actually touch my back. Yeah. Which again, it's a lot of, they take advantage of a lot of these neural principles that along with the percussion and the vibration That just makes your whole body feel a little bit more relaxed and safe. But they educate that way. They're not educating in a way to say, like, oh, it's blasting out your scar tissue or it's blasting. Like, no, they're actually giving you real good hard science. So check out the lyric.
0: Yeah, we'll link it below on the YouTube and on the podcast because it really ladies, it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> they definitely know who they're marketing to, I will say. And it's honestly cheaper, but with better technology than any of the other guns out there, which I thought I was, that was something I was mainly looking at is how much does it cost? Because that's a huge yeah. thing. Um, and I think there's some companies out there that really price things really high because they can now they have the name brand, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's better. So the fact that yeah. They're doing such a great job overall and in really capturing the entire aspect of let's look at price. Let's look at how it works. Let's look at what we're doing to educate and actually help the body. Like all of it is hitting for me, which is, and it's pretty.
1: Yeah. And the main reason (laughs) it came up is it can help you with your muscle soreness after you work out. Total tangent, (laughs) but still related to what we're talking about, where it can be a huge tool in optimizing what you're doing in movement. Using that lyric then doing some active movement stuff is really going to help progress that healing process and distract your body a little bit and your mind a little bit from the pain, which isn't bad, but it's telling you that you need to focus a little more on active recovery days.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you as always for joining us on another incredible podcast. However, if you really wanna move through that Dom, you really wanna start moving your body, You know how activity really helps with that. We have a free back plan actually available and it comes when you purchase our little kit that we put together. So we put together all the tools necessary that we, Dom and I, use for physical therapy clients. And it's all in one place so that you don't have to buy separate bands, separate things, what you need, what's really essential and important. And then I also provide you with a free seven-day back plan so that you understand how you can use these tools and how they're best used, particularly for pain and tension within the body, especially the back, because I know that's a huge one for people. It really takes stabilizing, understanding muscle activations and getting into your body and continuing to move. So I hope you'll check that out. We'll link it down below. And again, it is just all the tools necessary so that you can have them in your house, continue moving, continue that activity, and feel strong and safe within your body. Of course, please subscribe wherever you are listening. If you can leave us a rate and review, it just really helps so that more people get to understand their body, feel something different, and continue moving.